Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. Today, we're going to hit a core topic, vaginal bleeding, specifically first trimester vaginal bleeding. This is common. You absolutely will see this on your clerkship, quite possibly on your next shift. And as always, you will look really, really smart if you know exactly what to do when these patients come into the department. And specifically, what we're going to focus on today is what tests your attending is going to want you to order. Now, with any vaginal bleeding or abdominal pain, or to be honest, any host of symptoms in young females, the most important thing to remember is that pregnancy test. The point of care pregnancy test is one of your top three most important stat tests in all of emergency medicine. We get it all the time, right away. The other two being EKG and a finger stick blood glucose. But the urine or blood HCG, that pregnancy test, is right up there with those other two in females of reproductive age. Think of it as the EKG of young females. So this patient, let's say, has vaginal bleeding. Let's say they've been in triage and they had a pregnancy test, which is positive. You do your initial evaluation, you ask your questions, and now let's go through the five tests that you are going to order. Step one, recommend a CBC. Both the hematocrit and the platelets are important here. You need these with all bleeding patients, really, but this one is kind of self-explanatory. The only thing to add here is that pregnant females do get a physiologic anemia of pregnancy because of increased plasma volume. Usually no big deal, but again, get a CBC. You're looking at that hematocrit. You're looking for those platelets. Step two, type and screen. Why? Well, I suppose partially in case you need to give a blood transfusion, but really, this is usually secondary to the question of whether you need to give Rogam. This is a pimp question you are going to get. You better learn this. Rogam prevents hemolytic disease of newborn in Rh-negative women exposed to Rh-positive fetal blood. This is the key thing to understand here. It took me forever to figure this out. Let's say I'm blood type A. I'm born with antibodies to B. You know this. This is, this is what I, took me forever to figure out. If I'm born Rh negative, I am not born with antibodies to Rh. That is why Rh negative mothers can have babies that are Rh positive. Rh negative people are not born with antibodies to Rh positive. However, if mom does happen to get exposed to Rh positive blood, she will then develop antibodies to all of her future Rh positive kids, unless you give Rogam. Rogam binds up all of that Rh positive blood before mom's immune system sees it and builds antibodies against it in the future. So you absolutely must check a type and screen in all bleeding pregnant females so that this doesn't happen ever. Your third test. Pregnancy test again, only this time you are getting something called a quantitative HCG. How much HCG? 
a qualitative HCG is what you obtained at presentation. Yes or no? Do they have HCG? Are they pregnant? Now, you are going to measure how much HCG is present. You are going to quantify it. This is why it's called a quantitative HCG. And you're doing this for two reasons, both really important. The first reason is if that patient goes home, they typically have follow-up within 48 hours with their OBGYN who will recheck that number. In normal pregnancies, it's going to keep going up. And if they end up having a miscarriage, it's going to go down. The second big reason here is that there is this magical HCG cutoff number of 1,500. Above 1,500, you can see a gestational sac on virtually all OBGYN first trimester ultrasounds. 1,500 is called the discriminatory zone above which you can diagnose an ectopic pregnancy. Now, we just need to clarify here just one thing. There is a pitfall here. Many, if not most, symptomatic ectopic pregnancies have an HCG of less than 1,500. In fact, all ectopic pregnancies, if you think about it, have an HCG of less than 1,500 at some point. So any patient that does not have a gestational sac in the uterus might have an ectopic pregnancy. 1,500 is the cutoff to diagnose an ectopic pregnancy, not to rule it out or to say that the patient is somehow safe. Quantitative HCG of 1,500 is the discriminatory zone. Step four is urinalysis. This has been called into question to some extent recently, but the standard of care is to get a urinalysis on all of these pregnant women without symptoms of a urinary tract infection. As you might or might not know, approximately 5-10% to of people have asymptomatic bacteria at any given time, and you don't treat it. Pregnant women are the exception to this, because there is some literature out there that states that asymptomatic bacteria can cause miscarriage and complicate pregnancy. So we typically get a urinalysis in the department and treat the bacteria if it's present. And finally, step five, ultrasound. This is the grand finale, the big test. You're checking for ectopic miscarriage. Subchorionic hemorrhage is another big cause of first trimester bleeding. You're going to recommend an ultrasound. Those are your five tests. CBC, type and screen, HCG quantitative, urinalysis, and a pelvic ultrasound. Now, one last thing before we wrap up. When you present these cases, there are a few important things to put in your presentation before you give your plan. Your intro sentence that you're going to say is just a little bit different in these patients. First thing, you have to remember to put pregnancy status right in that initial opening line for your attending. And then the other thing not to forget here is OB history, specifically G's and P's and estimated gestational age. These ladies are usually healthy, and so you replace that list of pertinent medical problems in your initial sentence of your presentation with this new template. So this is what I want you to say. Write this intro sentence down for first trimester bleeding. Repeat after me. I have a pregnant 21-year-old G2P1 at eight weeks gestational age who presents with vaginal bleeding.
then complete your presentation. Saying it just like that is going to make you sound smart. So that wraps up this episode. Next week, we're going to hit on our other core vaginal bleeding topic, non-pregnant vaginal bleeding. But I hope you found this week helpful. My email is zack at emclerkship.com. Feel free to send me any questions you have. Make episode requests. Thank you to everybody who's been leaving iTunes reviews. I really appreciate it. And until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.